Welcome to the New Horizons podcast. New Horizons Life Skills is a Nashville nonprofit that has served individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities for 50 years. Since our founding in 1971, we have believed that each person has a unique story to tell. This podcast will be a place for people from all different backgrounds and with unique abilities to share their stories, victories, and challenges with the community. We hope you enjoy. My name is Peach. I am a self-advocate with the People First Tennessee program. I am also the current vice president of the Davidson County chapter and co-chair of the Transportation Committee, along with Mr. Dylan Brown here. And uh, I'm Dylan Brown. I'm uh, I work with the Arc of Tennessee as our um, membership coordinator and local chapter coordinator for now, uh, and I'm a staff member with People First, going to be doing more advocacy work with the Arc of of Tennessee moving forward. And um, I myself am also a self-advocate. I um, had a car accident when I was 22 years old, which I've been paralyzed ever since for about 19 years now. So I use a wheelchair and and I basically finished up college after acquiring the disability and, and Ever since I graduated, just I've been linked in with the disability community and disability policy and advocacy uh, pretty much ever since. And so it's kind of, I view it as a calling and, and certainly working with Peach and, and our other People First self-advocates has been uh, been awesome. We, uh, we kind of revitalized the People First program here in Tennessee over the last couple of years. And even through the pandemic, we've been able to we grow. We started a transportation committee. Yep, and I'm I'm and Peaches and and another strong South advocate in the Davidson County chapter, Lori Mabry, had a great idea, uh, you know, because accessible transportation is doing not even just accessible transportation, uh, transportation for people with uh, without accessibility needs is an issue. Um, so we knew that that would be a something that could unite quite a few of our self advocates, and so we've kind of uh, we've had a Middle Tennessee Transportation Committee started, and and we look forward to having one in West and East Tennessee as well. But basically, trying to make our people first self advocates aware of the um, different options in your area for transportation, and then then kind of on our own trying to advocate for better options and more accessibility. So it's been been fun to get started, and and I'm sure we got a lot of cool things that we're going to get accomplished over in the future. Great. Well, thank you, Dylan. I'm excited to have you and Peach um, on the podcast today. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Disability Day on the Hill uh, was March 11th, and it's just a day um, organized by the Tennessee Disability Coalition with other provider agencies here Um, in Tennessee, and it's just a chance for self-advocates and allies and staff of provider agencies to have the chance to talk with state lawmakers, um, state senators, and state representatives about some topics within the disability community and some bills that um, have been introduced. So, uh, Peach and Dylan, I know that both of you participated in Disability Day on the Hill and it was virtual this year, so can you just kind of tell us about your experience this year? Absolutely. Well, you want to go first, Meeting Senator Jack Johnson again for a fifth time. 
was very interesting, uh, especially when it's virtual, because I met him in person probably about four, because we had disability downhill during college. We would go just for a um, special event to get out of school and then go back to Vandy to do our regular meetings. So it's weird that it was virtual this year and not in person. So it was a very mind-boggling, interesting experience to meet with Senator Jack Johnson and Representative Brandon Ogles this year, who Representative Brandon Ogles I've never met with. So um, that was a first-time experience. And the other cool thing I got to do this year is help Keegan with his meetings. So, yeah. Yeah, and tell me who Keegan is. Keegan's uh, another self-advocate, a good friend of Peach's, that uh, she's gotten involved with people first. And um, she really, uh, she definitely does a good job. Well, she's one of our strongest self-advocates, so she she's, uh, she does she goes above and beyond to help Keegan and others out um, to be involved. And uh, so so she and I got to join Keegan for that meeting with Brandon Ogles. No, and Susan Lynn. Oh, uh, Susan Lynn, that's right. Um, and that meeting went really all all of our meetings because I was in the the meeting with Jack Johnson the uh, with Peaches and we had several Lori other self advocates. Yeah, we had Lori Mabry. We had I think Jennifer was on that call uh, and she's a Williamson County resident. So it was cool, you know. And one of the things uh, that's important whenever you're speaking to your uh, legislators, it's they always want to make sure that they've got people that are that are their constituents on the call, and so. First and foremost, we always want to make sure that, that we're representing, you know, we've got people on the call or in the meeting that are his constituents. So we had the, the call loaded with him from Peaches to Lori to Jennifer and Mary Dell was there. So we had a big meeting with Jack Johnson, and we, and we realized that Jack Johnson has a key role in the state Senate. And so uh, it was nice to hear him be pretty supportive of, of the – the bills and legislation that we were discussing with him. And um, hopefully uh, he's going to be a strong ally for us moving forward. And all those bells, first time meeting him, I was like, it was the best experience ever. I think, yeah. And again, likewise for me, I'd met Jack Johnson, Senator Jack Johnson before, but it was my first interaction with um, uh, Ogles. and, And I thought he sounded like he was, very supportive of uh, people with disabilities. And so, you know, and always you got to follow up with, you know, you got to stay involved because, yeah, they can, you know, they can say things that uh, are what we want to hear, but, you know, by following up and making sure that they, they follow through on what they tell us is important too. So, um, but I left. Mark, let's go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I left all three of those meetings feeling like that we had the ear of, of our legislators, so that was nice. Mike Cody, being on the Transportation Committee, uh, to me reading his bio got me very intrigued and wanting me to talk to him more. Seriously. Uh-huh. So, can um, I mean, obviously there was kind of a whole list of bills and topics um, that were discussed on Disability Day. Um, but can y'all just kind of talk about the main points 
that you brought up with? Yeah, so there's a Senate and House bill, and I, I don't know the, na- uh, the number off the top of my head, but uh, it's basically uh, a bill to have an additional add-on to like an accessible bathroom for and narrow the focus to like um, state buildings, you know, the Capitol, Legislative Plaza, maybe stadiums or tourist destinations, but places where um, individuals with disabilities certainly might go and, and be active. But the idea is, you know, how there's a universal bathroom or like a unisex bathroom uh, in a lot of new buildings. And the, there, there's a bill to have a universal changing table that can be raised or lowered. So if and when a person with a developmental disability has an accident, you know, and a bowel accident or, or something else where uh, you can't, there's no good option change. There's no good option available to go to a normal bathroom or, or, you know, more often than not, you know, you get people that drive into Nashville to, to lobby or to advocate for, for different things. And maybe they're trying to meet with their Senator or legislators and they've driven in from Johnson city or Memphis four hours. And, and the amount of time and effort it takes to get ready, to get packed, to get all the equipment packed up, um, to make that journey four or five hours into Nashville. Uh, and then to have something happen to where usually the best case scenario is you have to go back to your hotel or go to some tough situation where you got to go through the process of getting changed and everything else. Well, if you get the universal changing table into places like legislative plaza or the Capitol, then, you know, that would give people an opportunity to, get changed, get help, get the help they need and have some respectability about going about doing it. And, um, and I was able to share a couple of examples since I've been um, disabled for, you know, 19 years now, I've had multiple uh, situations where I've had something come up like that. And the only course of action I had was to go all the way back home to call my caretaker and have them help me out at my house. And so where there's been times where I've been downtown and had to go back home, which is 25 minutes away, go for an hour. You know, it's just the whole rest of the day is shot. Whereas if there was a universal changing table, uh, something that same situation happened, I could get assistance at that location and be back in at it within, you know, 15, 20 minutes as compared to having to go back to a hotel or back to home or, or even worse. So, uh, I know it's a, a bill that a lot of people probably don't think about or it doesn't affect a lot of people, but the people that that could impact in a positive way uh, is important to me. And, and I think it's important to a lot of moms and caretakers and people with disabilities to uh, be able to go through a situation like that and kind of hold on to some dignity. And I'm sorry to be long-winded about it, but I know it's kind of complicated, so I wanted to make sure I – did the best of explaining it as I possibly could, but um, that's kind of my thoughts on that one. And, and I think they understood that. And we're not talking about every building. We're not talking about retrofitting every building with that. But certainly when we're talking about state buildings or new builds, uh, it'd be nice if that was something that was thought about. Yeah, I think um, something that people who don't have a connection to the disability community aren't a self-advocate themselves 
kind of don't understand that something that seems so small as, you know, implementing the universal changing table, which is a great example, um, can really just improve the experience that somebody has, you know, when they're downtown in Nashville, like we were just talking about. So um, thank mm -hmm. you for bringing that up. I think it's, you know, a really great, I it's a great bill and I really hope that um, it's implemented. Absolutely. And, also, and, so and, other, and let me just finish with, um, with what we ran into uh, initially was a little confusion about the wording um, because in that bill it says universal changing table. And so a lot of times when you hear that word universal, and I think yeah, I can't remember, I think it was Jack Johnson's meeting, um, there was a little hang up at the beginning because he wanted to, you know, when he saw the word universal, he thought automatically, well, you know, there's going to be a huge price tag along with this bill if we're talking about, you know, making every building that has a, a bathroom with a universal changing table. And now the, the universal in, the, in this wording was universal with the idea that the changing table could be raised and lowered. So it could be a, a child, you know, using a, that's smaller in a small wheelchair, you can lower that table so that they can get in it easy, or a full-grown adult with a that might be a tall person in a big power chair, um, you could raise that table up to, to fit their needs as well. So we were able to kind of talk that through and you don't understand. We're not talking about every single building in the state and all that and all private and everything else, but um, where we're talking about, we want it to be a universal changing table. That, and, and all that means is that it would be accessible for people of different sizes. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. I know, um, sometimes when you're in these meetings with, you know, the state lawmakers, money definitely is a topic that comes up often. So once you kind of get over that hurdle of what the cost of the bill actually will be, a lot of the times you get a far more positive reception. Peach, did you want to go ahead and describe the bills that you talked about? Texting 911, and correct me if I'm wrong, is in a bill where... You can text 911 just in case of an emergency, like you need to be rushed to the hospital or you have, like, mm -hmm. a cell or, like, um. Yeah, the, the universe, and we've got a, an outstanding self-advocate, uh, Molly Anderson, who went above and beyond um, advocating for um, to the legislators on Disability Day, and I think before and certainly after, uh, she's a strong advocate for this cause, but uh, so we have uh, Molly Anderson, who's um, she, I can't remember what the name of her disability is, but it affects her ability to speech uh, or to speak. So she's not able to, to verbally communicate. Um, she uses sign language, and she is a speed texter and typer. Um, but anyway, she used an example where she was in a car accident and was not able to to call 911 and so basically had to wait for a, a responder to show up to call 9114 and with that in mind you know there's other there's other individuals like her who uh, have speech impediment or issues where calling 911 wouldn't be a good option for them so the very common sense approach to to have an option to have a text 911 for individuals like Molly and others but then also a safety feature, you know, where if, if it was a situation in, where somebody was kidnapped or in a, 
a bad domestic situation uh, where it's not safe for them to verbally, you know, talk and use the phone because that might put them in a compromising situation. So also, yes, you know, text 911 would be good for for some of our population of people with disabilities that have speech impediments or inability to speak, but also it would be beneficial for the broader population as a whole if they were ever in a, a bad situation in which they weren't able to speak. So we think this is a no-brainer, um, and I think it's certainly with the technology age that we're in, I think it's probably long past time that we have a text 911 option. Yeah, I actually um, had a meeting on Disability Day where Molly was present. I think it was with Senator Heidi Campbell. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. she is great at telling, you know, her story and emphasizing just why texting 911 is so important and kind of, you know, like you already said, I mean, it's obviously something that would greatly aid the disability community, but it also, you know, to use the word universal again, I mean, it, there's so many different situations where it it can be a positive resource to not have to call and to be able to text. So that was a really exciting bill. Um, I know. And employment. Always employment, yeah. And uh, I was going to say the meetings that um, I was I was in with you know our own New Horizons self advocates. Employment was a big thing, especially, you know, right now with COVID-19 and a lot of people not being able to go into work either because, you know, they've cut down on staffing or just being having health risks that, you know, keep you at home. Um, Employment was definitely important because, you know, no matter what's happening in the world, you still kind of have to pay your bills. And so it's important for independents to, you know, be able to stay independent. And it's it's tough, you know, it's tough for everyone in this time period. And um, we've got to continue having strong, loud voices to make sure that we're not left out of the conversation. Yeah. So I just kind of wanted to ask, do either of you kind of have a plan or have any steps that you're going to take to stay involved in these conversations with the lawmakers you met with? I know that Brandon Ogle has something because I did remember him mentioning uh, that he needs support on this bill. Um, Shelby is gonna, his uh, assistant is gonna get in contact with me in the future. But yeah, and he sounded pretty, pretty serious about it because it sounded like he is new uh, and wanted to uh, push for some for some bills. You know, if he wanted to push for some bills that would be good for folks with disability, you want to make sure that that we would be there to support them. And, and, and that's a, a key, you know, uh, it's one thing to have meetings set up, but then you want to follow up. You want to thank them for their time. Uh, you want to make sure that you, that, you know, as you follow along, of course, that's one of the cool things about being linked in with people first and the arts of Tennessee or, or Vanderbilt Kennedy center is that we're linked in. And so we, we're aware of, uh, bills and how, how they're progressing so as as we follow along um when votes are coming up you know it's it's important for us to continue to reach back out and make sure they know that we're still following along and still very much interested in, in seeing things come to fruition yeah definitely it's one thing you know to have that 
15 or 30 minute meeting. It's another thing to make sure that, you know, these bills that you're passionate about are actually um, followed up with. Yeah. Cause that mm. day, Brian was like, you gotta go. Fifteen minutes are up quickly, and I have yep. to go in four meetings that daily. Four, actually three. Um, because one was Susan Lynn and Mark Pody. Mark Pody was over the phone. Um, they came in the same meeting. Yeah, and I think one thing is this year with it being virtual, it felt like the meetings went by much faster than they did in person, which um, is oftentimes not the case. You know, sometimes a minute on Zoom feels like five normal minutes. But with technology and figuring out if people are muted and if videos on, things like that, I felt like that kind of took away time that you wouldn't have have taken away if you had been in their office. Because my um, Ryan Keller, who is um, public our public policy and voting um, court, um, how do I just? Um, oh no, he's person, he worked person. Um, he kind of told me when the minutes were up, just go to your next meeting, like. But 15 minutes can run by pretty quickly, so. Yeah, and, and Brian Keller, he's an attorney for Disability Rights Tennessee, and um, and he's also a mentor um, with our People First chapter. <laughs> one chapter. Is he a mentor for Davidson County? Yes. Yeah, and, and he's really, and he's hands-on with our transportation com- uh, committee. So, I mean, he's, he's really... Uh, being a strong advocate for others and and uh, very helpful, um, helping us understand, you know, how the policy and where the you know where different bills are in the process and and, and helping. Um, go ahead, John. I don't want to interrupt. No, it helps you know the, a lot of our self advocates get a better, including me, get a better understanding of uh, how to effectively advocate to uh, our legislators and 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 push for what we want and, and basically helping us understand the process. And he's kind of the mentor of the Davidson County meeting, making sure everybody has that chance to speak like Lori as the president, but Brian is kind of there to help facilitate the meeting and making sure everyone has a point um, and everyone that's a job done correctly in terms of timing. Cause we have only an hour to speak in these meetings, but Brian is kind of there to help facilitate what, you know, topics are important to talk about. Yeah, and, you know, that is a great segue to the next question I was going to ask is, so obviously the two of you are involved with the Art Tennessee. Um, Dylan, you're on staff, but, yeah, (laughs) with people people first. So the question was kind of going to be, you know, how – how does the self-advocate in the community get involved with people first? Well, that's, real. that's a great Go ahead, Pete. So, um, you would have to fill out the membership form and then... I talked about a lot of money here. It's, it's uh, $5. Dave. You'd have to ask Dave, and then he would be like, what chapter do you want to get involved in? Or... 
do you want to get involved in a chapter or do you want to start your own chapter? Yeah, so basically... Go ahead, Dave. You want me to go? Yeah, so so Dave Griffin is our People First coordinator. Um, You can certainly, you know, we're always wanting our self-advocates that are always involved. If you've got friends or others that you want to get involved, you know, please make them aware of it. Um, It's a, a simple little... Uh, application they can fill out. You know, it's it's $5 real simple. Five dollars and and basically we want to get you in. You know, there's parts of the state still that we don't have local chapters set up. So if you're in, for instance, like we don't have a a strong chapter set up in East Tennessee yet. Um, so we're making it available. So every certainly while we're still in, in you know, the tail end of this pandemic and we're still doing things virtually, we're having. Uh, every month we have um, two hour-long social hours uh, where basically it's an opportunity for self-advocates throughout the state to, to call in, zoom in, and we highlight our talents. We talk about any issues. We, we have a, a good fun time. It's just a great opportunity to interact and uh, with social the peers. Social hours? State That's call, what I'm talking about. Social we have clubs. <laughs> yep. There's a, every month we have a state call, and that's more geared towards uh, you know, what's going on, policy, new events coming up, um, trying to keep everybody on the same page and aware of things that are coming on the horizon. There's also and then there's, Job Club. Yep, and so Dave Griffin hosts the Job Club, and that's, you know, job training or, you know, uh, resume writing skills, just uh, opportunities to kind of um, teach self-advocates how to kind of get prepared to get employed and, and kind of get set up in that regard. Did you um, the social hour, social hour yet? You did, right? I did. I did. Uh, um, but, and then on top of that, local chapters that have their virtual meetings right now, and eventually those are going to be in person again. Um, but, yeah, and so we're still looking to expand, and we, and we def- certainly want to have uh, local chapters represent more communities in Tennessee. And so we're still looking to... Like the first virtual bingo that we had or the first virtual and Halloween and Christmas party? Yeah, and and with that virtual bingo, we had that... Who who was our special... That's right. We had some Predators. uh, Johansson from the Predators, and I can't... There's a new guy. I can't remember his name, but they were both really awesome, and they were... Uh, doing the bingo game with us on Zoom, and that was fun. And they and the Predators organization uh, donated prizes for the winners of the bingo games we had, so that was cool. So we try to be creative on finding ways that we can, you know, especially over this last year, kind of stay involved, stay connected, and have some Jeopardy. fun opportunities. Jeopardy is coming this month. I'm waiting yeah. for it, though. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and, I and the, I hope the, that. You, sorry, it's like we, no. we pick themes that are topics that um, that are connected to our disability community and and topics that are of interest to self advocacy. So we, we try to make it topics that are going to help us grow in some way, but also do it in a fun way. That's awesome. Well, I hope that, you know, people who are listening to this podcast episode today will 
either um, register themselves to, to join People First or will spread the word. So thank you to the both of you for talking more about People First. Um, and also just want to say thank you so much for joining me um, on the podcast today. I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope that we can do it again sometime. Uh, thank you for the invite. I 